Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to our 2023 countdown here at the Warrior Mama podcast. We're looking at the top three episodes that y'all have listened to the most, listened to maybe on repeat, that have encouraged you, that you've shared the most with your friends. And it makes sense to me when I look at these three episodes, why they are in the top three, why their number of downloads is so large. So this week's is the episode that is called Walking with Your Wounded Child. It's the episode that we began to talk about how do we let go of the wounds and the pain that our child is walking through so that we can walk alongside of them faithfully, according to the gospel, but in a way where we don't own it ourselves. Because that is a really healthy way to walk with our kids. That is a gospel-centered way to walk with our children. Because instead of pivoting them to us, from them needing us all the time, what we are doing when we don't own the pain, instead we are pivoting them to the one who redeems them and rescues them and promises to protect them. When we pivot them back to Jesus, we're positioning them better right? And we're letting go. This was inside of a letting go series. We talked about several different stages of life that as moms, we have to learn to let go of and allow God to reign supreme in those areas. I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, I am privileged to be able to sit here with you and have these kind of conversations to seek God's word with you, right along with you. And I want you to know that I don't take that lightly. I hope you enjoy this countdown over the next few weeks. And I am praying that your Christmas season is one of blessing and one of drawing closer to Jesus. Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are in a discussion in the last couple of weeks about how we let go. And this week, we're diving in to what does it mean to let go of our child who is lonely, who is limping, and what I mean by that, limping, emotionally hurt or wounded, struggling in their life. Usually socially, we see them limping, but they could be a child who's going through a really tough season, maybe academically, maybe they physically got hurt and they can no longer play the sport that they love right now. They're in a season where they're struggling. And our conversation today at the table isn't going to be to say, well, you know, as, as a mom, we just kind of ignore it and act like it's not happening. That's not letting go. And the conversation today isn't going to be, you can't get involved and you can't walk alongside of your child. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about letting go. We're talking this week about 
when, and I definitely do this. So I want to say, I would have grabbed your hand at this table and said, listen, I struggle with this. And I don't know if you struggle with this, but I can own their limping. I can own their loneliness and make it my own. And that is what we're talking about letting go of this week. You see, you and I are called to walk alongside of our child as together we walk, looking at Jesus, walking in his ways. Often what will happen is I'm grieved by something that's happening in my child's world, a place I feel like it's unfair or they've been mistreated or it just hurts my heart so much that they're walking through a hard space. And instead of walking alongside of my child in that, I want to put them back up on my hip as if they were an infant and I want to tote them across the finish line. And that's the difference that we're going to talk about today. That's the difference that we talked about even learning a little bit of letting go last week when our children are leaving us to go either into college or even just into the big spaces of stepping into kindergarten for the first time. And we have to hold tightly to the promises of God. And we looked at that scripture verse in Romans 4 And I shared with you last week that that changed my perspective on letting my kids go when they're leaving me for something new. I had a child leave for eight, almost eight months to go and live overseas in 22. And that was hard for me. But learning to let her go, I had to hold tightly to Romans 4 where it says, nothing is going to make me waver concerning the promise of God. But I will grow strong in my faith as I give glory to God, fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. So I changed that scripture a little bit, only in tense and putting me as the subject instead of Abraham, right? And we talked about that last week. But this week, we're going to take a con- this concept of being fully convinced that God is at work in our child's lives. And we're going to look at how do we walk alongside of our hurting child without owning it, becoming entrenched in it, making it our thing. How do we let go of that and walk with them following Jesus? That's what today is. So, Let's look in a passage of scripture because we always want to anchor our heartbeat for our children in the word of God. We want to know that God has spoken about this situation, that he has given us his insight. My desire in this podcast, and I say it a lot, is to make much of Jesus and make much of his word. If we cannot line our lives up in God's word and anchor down in his word, then really it's, it's going to be wishy-washy. We spent all summer talking about building a foundation for our motherhood on the solid ground of God's word. And we're going to continue that week after week. So we're going to be looking at first Corinthians 
15. And it is just a passage that I just, I love this scripture, but let's, let's go look there. So first Corinthians 15, it says, therefore, my beloved sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So this is going to be a passage I'm going to encourage you to hold on to in the seasons with your children that your heart hurts because they're hurting. You weep maybe at night in the bed because they're going through really hard places. I can tell you that we have walked with some of our kids and we have watched them have dreams die and it's been painful. We walked with other kids and we've watched as friends have ridiculed them and hurt them and rejected them. And everything inside of me as a mama bear wanted to go snatch that other child up by the nape of their neck and like shake him. I wanted to walk through certain hallways and just scream the injustice of my child being mistreated or bullied. Like these are hard spaces that we walk with our children, but, but God has brought me back to this scripture in those places and said, Bethany, I'm not calling you to the action of writing the just and writing the injustice. I'm not calling you to fix this situation. I'm not calling you to make everything smooth for your child and ensure that your child has this perfect childhood that nothing bad ever happens to them and everything is just perfect. They never fail. They never struggle. That's not the call of motherhood. The call of motherhood is this, that I'm steadfast, immovable, totally rock solid and anchored in who I'm following, who I'm trusting in, who I'm keeping my eyes on, who is determining my emotions, who is setting my my reactions to others, who is determining how I react. If I am immovable in the gospel, if I am abounding in the work of the Lord, and we're going to talk about that today, what does the work of the Lord therefore mean? Is the work of the Lord to go and fix it? Quick answer, no, but long answer, we're going to talk about it. And knowing that it is not in vain. See, that is the promise for you and me in motherhood that we're looking for. We talk about a lot anchoring our lives in God's word, standing on his promises. And in your prayer life, I want you to learn to stand on his promises. Saying, God, I know that nothing I labor When I am laboring, eyes on you, following you, nothing is in vain. I am standing on that promise today. I'm standing on that promise in this season with this child. You know, that's the point in the Warrior Mama's Prayers journal that that I've written that is available right now for pre-order is I teach you and walk with you and help you navigate life with your child and pray very specific promises for the lives of your children that they will know and experience the gospel for themselves. 
that they will allow the work of the Holy Spirit on the character of their lives. And we stand in these promises week after week. Each week is set up with a different theme and a different massive concept. And when you stand in those promises month after month for a full year, you will not only see God move and work and be totally convinced of this scripture, you will be totally convinced that my labor is not in vain. My prayer life is not in vain because I am watching God move in the life of my child. You will also have a massive repertoire of scripture to anchor your motherhood to and stand in on the really, really hard seasons. That's the whole point of the journal. I wrote the journal in a season just like what we're talking about today. I had several children limping, and I'm going to share a little bit about what was going on that year. And every single one of them made me mad, grieved me. I wanted to be all up in it, doing everything to solve it and fix it and make everything good again. And God said, Bethany, you need to pray. You need to pray. So, so today, let's start. How do we parent these kids when they're hurting? The first thing I want you to remember, re-solidify in your brain. I know you will agree with this point I'm about to say, but I want it to actually become solid weight where you stand on it. You become immovable in it is that these children are God's. They're not yours. That he has granted them for you to steward, for you to shepherd, for you to walk alongside of, but they are not your children. And they're your blessing. And they're your joy. And it is an honor to get to be a mom. So we have to put our kids back in their right place. See, when I begin to own my kids, when they're my children and how dare you come in and mess with my stuff, because that's really that underlying reaction. How dare you mess with my stuff? It is I've misplaced who they belong to. So the first thing we need to do in that moment stand in that space where your child is just unloaded and everything in you wants to go mama bear on the situation. And we need to say, God, they're yours. They're yours. They're yours first. And God, you, you are absolutely at work and you are absolutely committed to this child. You will not leave this child. You will not forsake this child. You will lead this child in paths that you will make for your namesake, for your glory, is what he says. You will not let this child's feet get twisted and turned, but instead you will make straight their path and steady their steps, right? We know that from Psalms. So we stand there in that, that moment and we remind ourselves that we're not, we're not the end-all be-all. God is. That's the first thing we have to do. And then we need to recognize that once we, or what will often happen in our motherhood, and let me put it this way, what will often happen in my motherhood is when I want to jump in and fix, there's a lot of that statement of when I say, well, let me just handle this. 
I'll go handle this. Let me take care of this. There is an underlying statement that I'm making that in essence says to my child, you can't handle this. Now, I know that there are lots of situations that our children can't handle. They cannot handle it. They're too young. They're ill-equipped. They've never faced it before. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the, in essence, the statement that says, only I can handle this. And it gives, it gives a message to our children that you're fragile, you are too weak, you can't be trusted, so I'll take care of it for you. And it doesn't help them grow in their walk with the Lord. And remember, at the very beginning, we talked about the fact that you and I have this awesome privilege of walking alongside of our children as they follow in Jesus's footsteps. And in essence, we get to walk with our arms slung around their shoulder and talk with them along the way. That's the beauty of motherhood. So when you're walking with your child, we don't want to pick them up and stick them on our hip and say, I got this. You just, you're just not even strong enough to walk this path. Instead, we want to begin to talk to them about what's going on, pointing them to scripture, talking with them about what God would have. Why is this passing through God's fingers to them? What's that about? Helping them seek him out, setting them down in his word about who they are, their identity, letting them understand and have a a fuller grasp of what it means to be a redeemed child of God. You see, actually, these places are beautiful places to walk alongside of your children and unpack God's word. But I can be so guilty of just going, let me fix it and getting like a, as if it's like a dry erase marker on a board and I can just take this eraser and erase it real quickly and fix it. We don't want to be like that because ultimately our heart's cry is that our children love Jesus more and they have a stronger walk with the Lord when they leave our home than we ever did at their age, right? That definitely is mine. And the way that is done is by remembering that they are God's and he is actively at work in their lives. And our first calling is to pray, to stand on God's promises and to pray and intercede for our children. And secondly, is to begin to unpack the word of God and show them Jesus. So nowhere in that have I jumped into whatever the situation is that's happening. Instead, I'm choosing to stand alongside of my child, right? Those are the first two things we do. Well, what happens next? How do we do this without getting entrenched? So we went through a year where, I mean, in all honesty, it was the worst year I've ever lived as a mom and really was buying the lies that I just, all of this was my fault and I had to fix it and I had messed it up somewhere and just wrecked everybody's everything. Just, I bought into it for a long time. The enemy just ate my lunch with those lies of performance. It's why the Warrior Mama's Prayers Journal is in existence, because it was what I did to begin to stand with Jesus instead of being just killed by the lies that I was messing this up. But we were in a season, and we had two children who basically really, really struggled. We had one who had such severe concussions that year that he 
he lost a lot. He, he lost a lot. He lost out on dreams of playing certain sports ever again. He lost out on some of the ease that he had experienced academically and has never regained. And watching the loss of those things. And I wanted to fix it. And I wanted to make everything right. I couldn't. So then I found I was becoming entrenched in those feelings and in the grief and in the inability to fix. I was becoming entrenched in that. And what I had to return to, God brought me back to a beautiful picture in the Old Testament of a woman who is totally feeling lost, totally feeling abandoned. Because there was a part of me that felt like God had just abandoned us that year. So much was happening. I I knew he hadn't, but yet I felt unseen. I felt like he must be looking at other people right now and, you know, occupied somewhere else. And I, it was up to me to hold everything together. But instead, God began to show me through the life of Hagar that he is always watching over us. So Hagar is somebody who was a servant of Abraham and Sarah. And if you remember, God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child and that their child, you know, would be, would be the line through which he would work and move and have a relationship with his people. And yet they were very old and they weren't having a child. So Sarah gets the great idea and she says, well, I know what we can do. Take my servant Hagar. And in essence, once you get pregnant with her, I'll take that baby. I'll raise that baby. I'll fix this. I'll fix it. I got it. So they do that. And it's just a travesty. It's just a travesty. Because obviously what happens is the minute that baby is born, now there is friction between Sarah and Hagar. And Sarah hates Hagar for being able to do what she could not do. And so Hagar runs away. And then in Genesis 16, we see that an angel of the Lord comes to Hagar and speaks with her. God seeks her out. And she responds by saying, you are a God of seeing. I have seen him who looks after me. This is where we get the name for God, Jehovah Roy, the God who sees. But more than that, then, if we flip over a couple of chapters for Hagar's story, then again, again, this time she's run off. She's pushed out again, and Abraham takes bread and a skin of water, gives it to Hagar, puts it on her shoulder along with the child, and sends her away into the wilderness. This is in Genesis 21. What has happened now? Isaac has been born. The real son that God promised to Abraham and Sarah has been born. And so Ishmael and Hagar are pushed to the side. And again, now she's out in the wilderness and the water is gone and she knows her child is going to die. And she's watching him suffer and she can't stand it. So she, it says in scripture in, in Genesis 21 that she goes and sits down opposite him a good way off because she says, let me not look on the death of my child. The grief and the desire to fix something and the absolute inability to fix it was overwhelming to Hagar. 
And guess what happens? It says in verse 17, God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubled you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy, hold him fast with your hand. I will make him into a great nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And then in verse 20, it says, and God was with the boy and he grew up. The beautiful thing about these two passages is in Exodus 16, God declares hope for her unborn son. And she is absolutely solid on the fact that God sees her. And then in Genesis 21, God actually calls her by name. He doesn't just know her. He knows her by name. And you know, when we, what the Lord began to show me in these passages is that God knows me by name. And then this promise where God says, listen, I hear your son. I am paying attention. Began to be for me the beginning of an exploration of scripture where God says over and over, I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I am hearing your prayers. I am hearing your cries. I know your heart. I am walking with you. I am engaged. I am intent. I am committed. And when I was walking in that season, of loss with that child, another child who was hurting and struggling in a different way, and another child who was just being rejected by friends and and just that hard going. And it was all happening at once. What God kept reassuring me of is, Bethany, I know your name and I hear your child's cries. What do we want to do with our kids though? Because that becomes the question. If I'm not supposed to get entrenched, if I'm supposed to be spending time interceding on their behalf and seeking God and what he would have me to do, how he would have me to walk. What are some of the things that are beneficial to do? What do I do? And there are places where we need to step in and we need to say, that's enough of that. We're going to protect you from that, or we're going to change a situation, or we're going to remove you from this. So in our family life, we made a decision with one of our children to remove them and bring them home because they needed, they need, they were wounded and they needed to be at home. And it was kind of awkward because it was her senior year, but there were things that had made her begin to walk with a limp, meaning she had been wounded and hurt in relationships and different things. And she was losing her identity being truly locked into being God's child. She was losing that in this pursuit of making sure her identity was great in the world's eyes. And for me, that is a huge red flag and one I will step into, but it wasn't to go to battle over the the things and the people and the moments that were doing the wounding. It was to move into a place of healing with that child and to purpose to have conversations with her that directs her back to the heartbeat of God and to back to the truth of the gospel for her life. What that required, it required that I needed more time with her. It meant we need to come back home. We need to have these one-on-one conversations a lot. But what were those? What was that? Because that, this is the golden place of motherhood is that when we can study our child and understand exactly and ask God to give us divine 
and divine knowledge, his what he sees that they need, the, the messaging that he knows that they need to hear. When we begin to set that as our plumb line of God, I'm not, I'm going to keep praying and interceding for the life of my child. And I am asking you to tell me and give me the wisdom and the insight that only you know about this kid and what exactly they need when we do that. And then we begin to move. So it's not a letting go and just poof, hope they figure it out. It is a letting go of being entrenched so that we have freedom to walk as God's ambassador in living form for our child. So what did that look like? Well, one massive passage that I believe when kids are walking in really hard spaces, they need to know truths that like that sit, especially in Isaiah. Isaiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible because this is where um, people are walking in, in bondage and in hardship and in suffering. And yet, and so Isaiah 43 is a benchmark place to take a child and to begin to explore. This is the God who walks with you. So Isaiah 43, it says, Now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. If you drop down to verse 4, it says, because, this is the reason why, because, so he does all this because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. Later in verse 5, fear not, for I am with you. Verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You, my child, were created for God's glory He is committed to glorifying his name in your life. See, these are the messages that our children need to know. They need to know that he welcomes them. He welcomes them. Hebrews 4.16 says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us and our weaknesses and the places we've messed up and the places that we're hurting. But in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our times of need. Romans fifteen thirteen promises this to our child. It promises him or it promises her hope. And our kids need to know that they can have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We want to plant our kids down in the truths of the gospel. We want to paint them on mirrors, on walls, in their cars. We want to put God's word in front of them and have good conversations about God's word. That, that's plowing the ground. That's not what I mean when I say let go. But this is the holy work we get to do. We want them to know that he offers them safety, that they are safe with him. No matter what, they are safe with their God. It says in Psalm 18, verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved. Walk through with your kids. Look at what it means that God is your rock, 
Then another day, look at what God means when he says he's your fortress. Look at what it means when he is your deliverer. This verse alone, you could spend weeks exploring these parts of who God is with your child. Teach them to seek him. Throw your arm around their shoulder and walk with them in the way of Jesus. They desperately need it. Almost every single one of my children in their middle school and their teen years has been limping or lonely or both. Not one has escaped. The enemy of their soul is after them. And we need to be that fierce warrior that says, I will walk with you. And I will point your eyes back to the one who will make steady your steps. Right? It says later on in verse 8, chapter 18, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer, sets me secure on the heights. You can be secure in God. It says here, he goes, he gave me a wide place for my steps under me. My feet will not slip. He is the one who accompanies your child. Point them to him. Do you want some more? In Joshua 1, 5 through 5 and in verse 9, God says, it's, we know this, flip your child back to these truths. Joshua was nervous about leading and doing something new. It, it, you know that in his spirit, he's concerned. He's not going to be as good as Moses. And God says, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. So be strong and courageous. Then down in verse 9, it says again, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 61.1 is another one. The reason I'm giving you all these, and we'll put them in a sheet. You can download it if you want it. Is I want you to know there's a richness in the Word of God that offers hope in His God's presence to your kids. And they need it. But it says in Isaiah 61.1, says return, you know, basically it says invitation to return because why? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring, this is what Jesus is doing for us. This is talking about Jesus. To bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Why? Keep going in verse three, so that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. That's you and me. That's your child. God's whole design is to anoint, bring good news, set them free, bind up their brokenheartedness, open the prisons, the things that are shackling them, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Why? So that they will be his strong oak of righteousness, to bring glory to his name. That's their purpose. We have to speak these truths for our kids. We have to be the one to go in and stand with warrior-like intensity. It's why this podcast is called what it's called. It's This is not the time to play around in motherhood. We have to engage. But we engage with God's word. We don't engage with fixing stuff because we can fix it better. We engage on our knees in prayer. That's why the prayer journal is there. And you can pre-order it now through the end of this month of August at a great 20% off price. There's a pre-order price. Go and get it. Get it for you. Get it for your friends. Y'all do this together for the next year. Pray for your kids and learn these scriptures and speak this word of God over your children. They need it. As always, 
our kids are going to be lonely. They're going to have seasons of limping. It's a definite. Every single one of mine has walked through it. That's not an indication that you have somehow failed because that's what the enemy is going to want to sell you on. It is a call to pray and to stand boldly in Jesus' name. As always, I love hearing from you. Thank you for reviews. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for sharing this podcast with others. It's amazing to me when I look at where women are listening to this podcast and I'm blown away because I just, I'm stunned. You know, we are now worldwide. South Africa, I see you. I see all the listeners there. California, oh my goodness. I see the growth in California around like that San Francisco, Sacramento, that whole area. It's amazing to me. I love seeing how God is moving and working in in the lives of women and moms and calling us to stand on his word. And I'm right there with you in the middle of it. I am learning this as I'm speaking this out. So feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram. That's easy. Just send me a DM. I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me there if you're more apt to be on Facebook or definitely go sign up for my newsletter and I can be in your inbox every week and women email back to those letters and it's me talking to you. (laughs) I want to walk with you, my friend. And if I could have you at my real kitchen table, I would. So I'm praying for you and I'm praying that you will learn to let go and step in to what God is calling you to do. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that he is growing you in him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.